Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Blog Talk Radio. Get a, get a water yeah. filtration system and call it a day. 
There you go. There you go. And this was not a commercial for Britta at all. <laughs> oh, my God. Michael Mayo, Michael Mayo, thank you so much again. Um, that was I, – I played that. I thought it was interesting because you come from a musical family. You want to tell the audience mm-hmm. uh, about Hold On and who was on there? Yeah. Yeah, I love that you played that. I didn't know you were going to play that song first. I love that you played that song first. So um, that's my mom and dad. Uh, my mom, her name is Valerie Pinkston. My dad, his name is Scott Mayo, and they—they're both amazing musicians. Um, I grew up watching them do gigs and sessions and tours, and and um, you know, they—they they both have been at the top of their game for a really long time. And so I knew in making this record that I needed to have them on something. Um, we recorded the album in New York, and they live in LA, so we weren't able to get together physically. This is all pre-COVID, so we did a remote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we did a remote recording session, and I'm just so thrilled with how it turned out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important because a lot of artists don't have support from their families. Some, Even in this day and age where you know that people can make a living from being an artist, uh, performing artists, mm-hmm. um, people are still like shamed like oh, you're what so what's your real job mm-hmm. oh you think what, but mm-hmm. what's your real yeah. job you know that's like the question um people are asking did people ask you that like when you were out like when you would meet people and they would be you would be introduced i've definitely i've definitely gotten that before i, I think as time goes on i get it less and less but um the the funny one is you either get for, from you know from people who aren't artists or don't have many artist friends who either get the, okay, so you play music, but what do you like do? Like you said, like what's your Mm. actual job? Um, uh, Or you get people who are like, oh, that's so cool. Sing a song right now. And I'm like, really? (laughs) If you you were a doctor and you told me you were a surgeon, I'd be like, can you just give me like a quick heart surgery real quick? Like, no, Mm. (laughs) that's not how this works. Yeah. Like the instant heart surgery, not the like real long, like, you know, upper yeah, level ones. No, just like, like, I'm, like sure you brought, I'm sure you brought your scrubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. But now you're, you are more than just a singer because you are like this linguist dude, you know, like a couple languages, and now you're <laughs> learning Japanese. I mean, like, ohayo gozaimasu. I mean, like, what? <laughs> ohayo. <laughs> yeah, okay, so uh, – when I was, I want to say, uh, 15, maybe 16, I made a pact mm. with myself that I wanted to be fluent in five languages by the time I was 30, um, mm. which is like, a, which is right around the corner now. So uh, uh, I speak English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, and I'm sort of now like uh, very casually working on Japanese. It sort of took a backseat, you know, when when COVID hit, but yeah. Wow, that's really amazing. I mean, you know, in our schooling system here in America, even though it has been said kids learn languages better when they're younger, when they're actually little kids, mm-hmm. right? But we wait until yeah. high school. What the what the what is that? I mean, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the funny thing, going to Europe. Everybody there speaks multiple languages and then coming back here. I mean, to be real, like, obviously there's so many people from so many different places in America, but just for people whose families only speak English, 
it's mm-hmm. normal for people to just only speak English forever. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, there was this whole big thing, like, you couldn't even come to my restaurant if you didn't speak English. I mean, mm-hmm. get out. I don't know if you remember that, you know, years back, it was this big movement of, even here, I'm from Philadelphia, and there was this thing with the steak place, and they were not serving people unless they spoke English. Mind you, their English mm-hmm. was like half-baked in the beginning anyway. <laughs> they actually didn't really speak English correctly. <laughs> I mean, right. you know. So uh, that's I, I applaud you for for learning and uh, you, are you you could teach other people I mean like let me ask you this what's the purpose of learning all these languages are you going to sing in them or is it just like a goal that you wanted It's kind of all of the above I mean in high school when I sort of made that agreement it was mostly because I speaking in other languages was cool. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, for me now, it's, it's sort of morphed into I like being able to communicate people in their own language because I feel like you get a bit – you get closer to what they actually mean when they're speaking in their own language. And some of those, some of those subtleties um, – you know, unless someone's been speaking English or whatever for a super long time, some of those subtleties, if they're not as comfortable in the language, will come through so much more. Um, yeah. And so I like to I like to meet people where they're at, and I I just enjoy the process of of learning. Well, let me play another song from your album. It's called The Way. So let's listen to this here. Cool. Love at first sight's not a real thing, but There's just something in the way you move a lot of different people i read that you Mm -hmm. are bisexual let me ask you this what do you like when you see somebody like okay let me just put it this way okay if it's a dude do you like tall guys or short guys light guys dark guys (laughs) dreadlocks or close Uh, let's get it let's get it clear now okay yeah honestly as boring of an answer as it might sound i don't really have like a type uh, physically mm-hmm. speaking, I think for me it's more about like someone's general vibe. Um, okay. So you know, I like I like people that are self-assured. I like people that take risks. I like people that um, ask questions. Um, you know, I I I have respect for people who like have a zest for life, and mm. um, you know, it's there. It's kind of like a you know the sexuality thing is so interesting especially as, like, a bisexual person because I have, you know, I, I feel things for multiple different kinds of people, but for me it doesn't feel like different kinds of people. For me it's just people. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't really I don't really care much for, like, dictating I am this, therefore this, but, um, you know, I like – I, I like a I like a whole host of things. It's hard to sort of pin it down. I was reading that you were keeping a list 
of all the people you told before you actually came out, it was because of the Mm -hmm. stress and worry. And how do you feel now after you've come out? You feel relief? You still feel stress, anxiety in certain places? Um, Are are you still judged? Do you feel? Yeah, um, definitely feel a relief, you know, like being out is just like objectively and, and, you know, important to say that I live in a place where I have the privilege of being out and it being fine. Not everybody can say the same. So I'll say for myself, um, being out is objectively better than not. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this feels like there's, you know, a huge weight that I was holding for a long time that I no longer have to. Um, And then, uh, you know, but, you know, it's, it's not a, still not a walk in the park, right? Like you still have an identity that runs contrary to what society says you should be, you should feel, you should, you know, the way you should act or whatever. So that inherently breeds a certain potential for stress. Um, yeah. And then um, what was the last thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would <laughs> say I don't, I rarely encounter people who are like judgy or gross towards me there are always going to be haters you know they're they're they will be out there but that's yeah. more a testament to their own relationship with themselves rather than anything objective about me so like i don't really care about those people and i surround myself with people who love me and treat me with respect um just as i love them and treat them with respect and the rest is just background noise do you think the gay community is like saying you're on the fence and just jump over the fence and stop being on the fence and what do you say to them? Oh, probably. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, biphobia is it's a it's a very real thing. I mean, I think someone who can feel attraction to more than one gender uh, is an enigma to people who only feel attraction to one gender. And I think there's this resistance um, to anyone who, you know, does something differently than you. And unfortunately, you would think that like someone who's marginalized would have more room to accept someone else who's marginalized. But like, you know, the old adage says like hurt people, hurt people. Right. So just because someone's been hurt or marginalized doesn't mean they won't in turn to do that to someone else. But I don't sweat it. Like everybody has their trauma. Everybody has their stuff. As long as like, like I said, I surround myself with people who treat me with love and respect. And if somebody comes at me with that type of energy, if they're willing to have a dialogue and they're not just trying to cause problems, then I'll talk to them about it. Because like oftentimes we hold these unconscious biases. We have these unconscious Mm -hmm. thoughts that until we meet someone who challenges that, like, you know, I, I had plenty of transphobia without realizing it until one of my best friends came out to me as trans and then just going in and being like, Oh, whoa, now that I know someone, I can go in and deconstruct these things that I literally wasn't even aware of that I had, you know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my feeling is like, what difference does it make? Like, is mm-hmm. it hurting anybody? Are you hurting yourself? Like, right. what, that's my feeling about it. You know, um, you know, I remember yeah. talking to different people, um, young people. I have a, a degree in social work and, and just talking sometimes to kids. It's like, it's okay you know, um, to be the way you are. Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah. You're not hurting anybody. You're not hurting yourself. Go on. Be your, be your true self, you know. 
Um, thankfully, like you said, really we do should, live in a place. It really should be that simple. Yeah, well, we know we know it's not, you know, unfortunately. But um, let me play let me play another song here. I like this song. It's 2020. Uh, this is from Michael mm-hmm. Mayo's album Bones. But as the letter fades, raising your love like a dying dove, I know now where I went wrong. Michael Mayo, that was his song 2020 from his album Bones. Let's get back to the music, Michael. I know we kind of steered away from it, but Bones, why that name? Mm-hmm. What is that from? How did you come up with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, when I was trying to figure out the name for the album, I already had a sense of what songs I wanted to be on it. I had a sense of sort of emotionally what I wanted the vision to be. But I wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it took me a while to find the name that really that really hit. And finally, I realized that. So one of the tracks is called Bones, and I was just going through the different tracks of the album, trying to see if I could maybe find a name somewhere in there. And uh, when I thought about Bones, it really hit me because each of these songs is really specific to a time in my life where I like learned a specific thing um, or had a specific experience. And so I sort of called this album the bones that make up who I am today. So all, all mm. of those things that maybe a decade ago I didn't know that now I know sort of the, 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 the patchwork of who I am now is, was made in the writing of these songs. Yeah. And now I, I heard you wrote this song 2020 um, in Armenia. Is that yeah. true? Like. <laughs> Uh, now, is yeah, that something so, like you can write anywhere, um, or do you have to have like I have to have the lights off, I have to have no sound, or I have to be <laughs> in the park and lots of noise? Like, what's your process there with writing songs? Yeah, so for me, honestly, it's it's totally random and depends on the song. Um, so in the case of 2020, uh, some friends of mine and I had decided that we were going to do a thing where we wrote a song every day for a month. Mm-hmm. And I was totally on board and down to do it, but then I got called to do this gig in Armenia singing with the Armenia State Jazz Band. It was a really amazing experience. Um, and the first day I was there, I was like, I'm going to write music every single day. But then, you know, I had, like, pressing things. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to do that. But the one day that I had one day that I had off, I was like, I'm going to do it. So I was in my hotel room, and all I had was my laptop and uh, my, like, Apple headphones and so I just like recorded this demo the vocals that you hear at the very beginning of the track um is what I recorded in the hotel room and uh then the lyrics of the song sort of came together that day and then a bit after I got home I finished the rest of the song but I kind of liked I like writing um when I'm away from like my normal day-to-day I think I end up writing different sounding stuff 
Um, so I like to write on planes. I like to write when I'm on tour. I like to write, you know, I like to write when I'm at home too, but there, it, it feels different when you're like out and about. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Inspiration. Now, you know, I um, was reading that your first kind of like recital, you, you got a sore throat. You know, that's the, like the worst fear of a lot of Ooh. singers is like, I'm, I got this big gig or I got a big audition and then I lose my voice. Like you always see that in the movies or something, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you, what do you do to prepare like before you have to go on? Some singers don't mm-hmm. talk, you know, is that something that you do? You, you don't talk like the hour before or something? What's your no, process before do, you have to go on stage? I don't do the, I don't do full on vocal rest, uh, meaning like not talking, not singing. Um, unless, you know, if, if, say for example, we had like a pretty intense rehearsal the day before, or like mm-hmm. a long sound check the day of, then I'll maybe do vocal rest uh, for like an hour. But that's not part of my normal routine. My normal routine is really just to not talk as much as normal, not sing as much as normal, um, and then just drink lots of water, drink lots of tea, um, and warm up in the morning, and then warm up before the gig. Um, and yeah, I do. You know, I have like a whole vocal warm up routine that I do. Um, and it helps sort of dial in the whole situation. Now, how did you connect with your band? You're working with keyboardist Andrew Friedman, bassist Nick Camel, mm-hmm. drummer Robin Betis, mm-hmm. and um, you're, mm-hmm. you're working with a wonderful producer, Eli Wolf. How did all of you get together yeah. uh, to connect? So um, I've known Andrew since high school. We went to high school together. Um, Robin and I went to college together. And uh, Nick and I play in a band called Shrek is Love. So I've known all of them for a very long time. Um, and, you know, I played with them in a bunch of different contexts. And uh, as I was getting ready to make the record, it, it, it was like, there was no question. I was like, oh, yeah, this is who, this is who I want. Um, and mm-hmm. then when it comes to Eli, um, it's actually so random how Eli and I uh, – uh, hooked up. So I know Eli's wife, who's an amazing singer named Hillary Gardner. Um, she is part of this vocal trio called Duchess. Um, three awesome singers who I had been a fan of for a while. Hillary and I were on a gig. Wait, no, no. Am I making that up? I don't know. So basically, <laughs> Hillary, Hillary and I had, yeah, uh, Hillary and I had some like musical thing. And then she was like, oh, you should totally meet my husband. He's this awesome producer. And I'm ashamed to say I, I kind of disregarded it at first just because, you know, so many, so many people come to you and are like, oh, you should meet my neighbor's dog's previous owner. Like, they're an awesome mm-hmm. producer, right? Um, and then finally when I met him, firstly, he was just such an awesome, like, really genuine human. Um, he came to a gig that I was doing, and we met, and we had, like, a nice conversation. And then I – uh, looked him up, and then I'm like, oh, man, this guy is, like, legit. For real? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like, very, very much so. So we got together for um, these coffee shop hangs where we would just get together, and I'd play him some demos, and he would tell mm-hmm. me some of his ideas, and we would just sort of bounce ideas off each other, and that just sort of dovetailed really well into making the record. It's amazing, like, synchronicity in life, you know? It's like mm-hmm. if you hadn't yeah. had that little musical thing with her, then 
you wouldn't have connected with her husband, and then now you got this amazing exactly. album. Um, it, it's I think it's like also being ready for for things. Um, sometimes mm. people make great connections, but they're not ready. Uh, as a as mm-hmm. an artist, I remember um, you know as actor always like being ready, always practicing monologues, maybe taking classes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because you never know like where the opportunity will come. Like it may not come in the right. package. You think it's going to come in, you know. Um, let me play another song. This is you and you uh, from the album Bones. In time, maybe I can find a life alive in open doors, engrossed in chords. The known is more misleading. I've grown with the unknown in me. The tale is quick to tell itself, given the chance. Your health is in my hands. You put my words on a pedestal. You want to get closer to me, but you need a remedy for all of the drama between you and you. You want to get closer to me, but you need a remedy for all of the drama between that's actually one of my like favorite songs on the on the album there, you and you. Oh, cool. um, who 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 do you like? You know, I I read you like Emily King, and I was like, oh my mm-hmm. god, I like got introduced to her a couple years ago, um, like musically meaning, and for them, her song for them was one of my songs I like. Uh, who 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 else do you like uh, besides Emily King? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Let's see. In no particular order, people that come to mind. Um, Brandy, Hiatus Coyote, D'Angelo, Becca Stevens, uh, Gerald Clayton, um, Jacob Collier, Bobby McFerrin. You know, I, this this list is very, very you long, but um, <laughs> I, I literally could yeah. go on for like three days. Oh, my God. Um, let me Let me ask you some silly questions. If you have a superpower... What's your superpower? Oh, uh, telekinesis, hands down, no question. Really? Like moving stuff, okay. moving stuff with my mind. I've I've always mm-hmm. wished that I could do that. There were actually a few times growing up where I like had a very vivid dream that I had developed telekinesis, and then I woke up and got very sad because it wasn't true. <laughs> I think a lot of kids have that, like you know, the the fantasy dream about something and then you realize okay that's yeah. not really happening. Uh, okay, now if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and who would you take? Um, I would definitely go to Japan because I still somehow have never been to Japan. Mm. Who would I take? Uh, I don't know. That's hard. Um, I mean. I, would I don't want to make anybody angry. Ask. Okay, if if you're afraid to make somebody angry, I don't want to like you know be like, why did you choose me? No, no, no. <laughs> I, you know what? Thank you, thank you, Joy, for um for giving me this platform to to speak on on this matter. Um, I think I'd probably take my dad because he lived there for a time, and mm-hmm. he like okay. knows he knows the lay of the land. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. If you had a hundred dollars, what would you do with it? A hundred? Just a hundred. 
I would, uh, oh, you know what? I would replace the, the cuffs on my headphones because they're messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That's Let what I would do, yeah. You, what, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite dish, like meal? Um, I'd probably have to say mac and cheese, but specifically, like, my granny's mac and cheese. Okay. I can eat it all day, every day, forever, anytime. Mm, okay. Now, you know, I heard dairy and all that stuff is not good for singers. So that that has to be like a once or twice a year type of thing for you. Okay, Michael? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this. Um, what's next for you? Uh, so I'm looking at touring stuff for next year. I can't give you any specific dates, but, um, that is kind of like what I'm most excited for now is I'm going to be touring, uh, bones. Um, but you know, with, with COVID and everything and regulations, everything is so murky. That's why I can't give you any specifics, but, um, that's the next big thing. Um, album number two is like bubbling right now. It's, it's simmering. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm excited to start writing again, uh, for that. Well, I'm excited to see what's next. I would love to have you back on when you make the second album. I really enjoy the first album. So that's why I can't wait for the second one. Thank you. But, um, good luck touring, be safe, you know, wash your hands. Don't eat a lot of mac and cheese. Um, and stay we'll away do. from Shrek movies. Or want to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Joy. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll talk to you later, okay? Bye-bye. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Just got off the phone with singer Michael Mayo. We were discussing his album Bones half the time, and the other half we were talking about a lot of great stuff. So check them out. I'm going to be giving away some copies of his album, so you want to follow me on Twitter at JoyKeys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to be speaking with Namina uh, Forna, uh, author, about her book, The Gilded One. I think it's about time this jilted hard words The inscrutability of your eyes made me hypothesize that you care. Sweet, so bizarre. You told me my eyes shine bright. Told me my eyes shine bright. Invisible like the atmosphere. Spatial maple, so unclear. Told me my eyes shine bright. Now I can't sleep at night without your love. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 